The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 14. Now large crowds were traveling with him, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost? to see whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able, with 10,000, to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, You may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, thank you for saving us, for giving us your love, for filling us with your grace, and then calling us to be your disciple. Help us entwine those two calls. In Jesus' name, amen. A pilgrim was on a journey and he stopped at the edge of a village. Pretty soon a villager came out all excited, and he looked at the pilgrim and said, give me the diamond, give me the diamond. And the pilgrim said, what diamond? The villager said, I had a dream that you have a diamond of great value, and that if I asked you for it, you would give it to me and I would be rich forever. The pilgrim reached into his bag. You may certainly have it, he said, and settled back down to sleep. The villager looked at the stone in amazement. It was the largest diamond he had ever seen. He took the diamond and walked away. All night long, he tossed and he turned and he couldn't sleep. And early the next morning, he returned to the pilgrim. And he looked at the pilgrim and said, give me the wealth that makes it possible for you to give away this diamond so easily. And so we meet the kingdom of God. Jesus is having crowds of people following him. And he says, don't make a rush to make a decision to follow me. Estimate the cost. Grace and love and salvation are free. But following me means taking up our cross of faith. 
So what do we do when we find a diamond and then realize that there's a greater gift? What do we do? This passage, it's kind of a bad Sunday, you know, the first Sunday of Sunday school, the first steps of confirmation, getting back into the swing. Some people have come back from Alaska. You know, it's just really hard to, to get into that. But wait. This is not a nice text to start out this kind of year. Because the text points to us and it makes it very clear that we're pretty lukewarm to faith. We're all devout, but no one would call us fanatics about our faith. We all have faith and we count the cost but that's as far as we want to go. We embrace our calling as Christians. We want to be Jesus' disciples. We want to live in relationship with Jesus. But we want family. We want friends. And we want nation to be just as important. And Jesus doesn't teach that. He says it's hard to be a disciple. First, the followers must hate. God comes first. Second, they must be carrying a cross, the cost of faith. Third, they must give up their possessions, God first. So the text is telling us that there is a cost for discipleship. The attachment to family has to be broken so that God is first. The hard consequences of discipleship, bearing the cross, must be accepted. The attachment to possessions must be broken. The message is clear. If someone cannot detach from family or possessions, then there is the consequences of Christian faith. He is not able to be my disciple. At what point do we hang on? At what point do we give up? Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes, as he was in prison, just a short time before he was executed. He writes this. Where will the call to discipleship lead those who follow it? 
What decisions and what painful separations will it entail? We must take this question to him who alone knows the answer. Only Jesus Christ, who bids us to follow him, knows where the path will lead. But we know that it will be a path full of mercy beyond measure. Discipleship is joy. A couple weeks later, he was dead. Discipleship for Jesus is never convenient. It's costly. It's costly in money and in time and in relationships and in priorities. And in our day and age, in our changing culture, this understanding of Jesus might become more and more important. Jesus makes it very difficult. It will cost everything. And he says, know the cost before you jump in. Or, is Jesus making the call to discipleship so hard, so impossible, that we cannot be a disciple on our own? When we reach that point and we say, I can't be this disciple, is that the point where Jesus says, God's word is, I can. Is discipleship another form of grace given to us? Discipleship is important. The ELC has seven faith practices that it lifts up that we can use to build our following of Christ. Pray frequently. Worship regularly. Study scriptures diligently. Serve others for the sake of others. Give freely. Invite others to come often. Pass on the faith. Those are not steps that lead to salvation. They're not a way to get into God's favor. It's just seven ways to practice discipleship. They are things that as we do them, our soul opens up to the mystery of God in our life. We do those seven things and that keeps us focused on faith. They fix us and our attention on God. In the text, Jesus is now on the road and large crowds are following him. They are coming to Jesus to travel with him. They understand Jesus. They've seen his miracles. 
but they don't understand the journey to the cross. And he's saying, count the cost. Count and know the liabilities. And so the last line of the text, so therefore, None of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all of your possessions. So therefore, and we're stunned, give up all of our possessions, renouncing everything we have, Take up your cross and follow me is part of that therefore. So what does it mean to bear a cross? First of all, bearing a cross is not chronic illness. It's not painful physical conditions. It's not a family that tries your patience beyond patience. Bearing a cross has everything to do with faith. It's a voluntary action of a commitment to Jesus Christ. Cross-bearing is deliberately making a sacrifice. Cross-bearing is to face exposure to risk. Cross-bearing means putting ourselves where we may be ridiculed in order to follow Jesus. This is our calling of faith. Cross-bearing, discipleship. Discipleship means telling others about the crucified Christ. It's sharing our own personal struggles in faith and our struggles of faith. Christ is present to us in that faith and Christ is present to others to see. So when we put Christ first in our life, we open the door for others to see and touch Christ. Think of the ways that your faith in Christ has touched other people. They know faith through what you have done. So therefore, none of you can become my disciples if you do not give up all your possessions. No one can compete with that kind of demand. And it's good news. It defines who we are. It's not our relationship with parents. It's not our relationship with friends. It's not our relationship to ourself. Those things are all second. It finds who we are. 
But it is kind of a strange phrase, isn't it? None of you can become my disciples if you do not give up all your possessions. What does hating family and giving up possessions have in common? It has to do with the culture. Women, wives, were possessions of their husbands. Daughters were married through an arrangement of a trade, a dowry for a wife. A dowry, a large amount of money. It may change your status in your town. It may change your political and economic standing. It may change where you stand in the religious order of worship. Hating family, giving up possessions, puts God number one. We've all heard or maybe even lived the story of a convert into Christianity and we hear the story of giving up the worst things in their life, drugs and alcohol, promiscuity, and they follow Jesus. This text doesn't ask for that. This text demands that we give up not the worst things in our life, but that we give up the very best things in our life that we are able to follow. The pilgrim had a diamond. The villager was given the diamond. And then he let go of the diamond to have the wealth of giving up something important. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Amen.